Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you can get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, this is John Roca from Collider. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live-action series, and high school musical The Musical The Series, a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked-about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 3 dollars menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For a brand new episode of The Witching Hour. I am Perry Nemiroff, and that's not Haley Fouch. That's no. Matt Donato because Haley is uh, in Brazil right now for that big Comic Con that they do. That I mean, it sounds like so much fun, and I've seen Steve cover it for so many years. So the fact that like someone else is getting to go and experience all that is kind of cool, and I'm happy it's Haley. Me too. I'm sorry you get the downgrade that it's just oh, me today. Please. <laughs> so. We have like a really fun episode. Let's do it. <laughs> you know how excited I am. So of course. right now, because probably the remaining episodes of The Witching Hour for this calendar year are going to be more about, you know, our favorites of the year. Maybe we'll talk about favorites of decades kind of stuff. But right now we want to talk about Christmas horror. My specialty. Yeah. Christmas, a little bit of anime. 
I'm I'm curious, what kind of holiday, you know, celebrator are you? You know, what are what are like your top things to do to prepare for Christmas? So we're talking Christmas? Yeah, yeah, uh, just in general. Definitely lots of inside. I hate I'm not a cold guy. I'm not like a snow or okay. anything like that. I'm not going skiing, not doing any of that. See, so. people always roll their eyes when I say that because they're like, You're so LA. But like we're no, both East Coasters I'm here and for we a never reason, were. And I left I, when I came to visit last January before I moved here. It was January, so it was blizzarding in, like, New York City. But didn't it rain here it almost every the rain day for a you week. were here? Yeah, it, it, for an entire week. <laughs> the entire week I was here, it rained. But I left 20 degrees and snowing in New York City, came to L.A., and it was, like, still raining, but, like, a humid 60 warm, rain. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm never going one, back. We got our one hike in. We so for, do that hike again, by the way. Yeah. But so for me, my Christmas... Uh, my Christmas traditions are always gremlins. That's getting watched, number one. Yes. Number two, we do brunch at my house. So we do like a festive oh, brunch. Oh, and you probably mimosas. like cook like crazy. Yeah, yeah, you we make do a this. meatball sliders. No, so like it's brunch party for my family. <laughs> no, no, it's an Italian. You know, but because meatball shop, they do they do the brunch things where you could put like balls. you could put like yeah. an egg over a sausage ball or something. So we do a breakfast casserole with like okay. sausage, bread, egg, and it all goes into it. Uh, so that's always tradition and... I don't, like, I don't Are you going to bust tree. out the Blue Moon cupcake recipe again? No, my fireball <laughs> cupcakes are where it's at. Oh, oh The God. Blue Moon were okay, I'll All admit. Right. The frosting was a little iffy to me, but the right. fireball cupcakes I make, ooh. <laughs> you you have no ate idea. a lot of those cupcakes. Yeah, I still have some from <laughs> leftover. It's bad. Hi. All right, that's that's a good list of stuff there. Um, I'm Jewish, so I don't really celebrate. But, How do you but celebrate? I do, but I do, I do celebrate. By going to watch so, Uncut Gems this but, year. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll celebrate Hanukkah, and we always have a, a Hanukkah party. But my family does do a, a, a Christmas gift swap where oh, yeah, yeah. it's usually my family once of four, but now of five with my sister's husband uh, Robbie my niece gets gifts from everybody so she's not part of the gift swap but the five of us and then my my cousin's family uh the four of them or I guess the kids aren't included because those kids get gifts but anyway so it's the two cousins and then the five adults in my family we all do a secret Santa so I've I've picked my secret Santa and I gotta I gotta get that individual something so that's that's on the lineup but we also do a Hanukkah bush of course you do. So yeah. gr- growing up, it's like not like I ever, you know, fully celebrated Christmas, but like it's it's just a happy time of year. So we, we do things like we make a Hanukkah bush. We like to go to the mall and every from every single year since I was like a teeny tiny child, we've gone to the mall and got those, you know, yearly ornaments with your names written on it. Yep. Oh, I, know the I don't exact know. It's, ones. A, it's just them. like such a nice thing to have. And I don't know. I like I like the feel good time of year. So I get talking about family, too. I, my family's thing is procrastination. We're always like the last minute. <laughs> And like my mom loves. Oh, I'm trying so hard not to do that. Snowman decorations and Santa decorations, and what I'm talking about are like statues. So literally, I'll go home for the holidays, and with my day job. So this isn't my day job. Those of you who know and stuff like that, um, my day job, I only get off Christmas. That's it. Just Christmas Day. Just Christmas. Just Christmas Day. You don't get off Christmas Eve no. day. So I'm working until okay. I work a full day Christmas Eve. Yeah. I have to go right home. I have to basically my dad's birthday is Christmas Eve too. So it's me trying to fight to get home for my dad's birthday dinner and Christmas Eve dinner. Then I get oh, home. Oh, so you're going to go home and work in New York. Oh, yeah. I'll be okay, home for a week. Okay. But then when I'm home, I get home and go, Mom, why isn't the tree decorated? Or why are all, <laughs> all your decorations up that you always put up every year? And brunch is in hours. And she goes, well, I'm happy you're home because <laughs> and that's the, that is the Christmas tradition in my house. Yeah. Uh, we, our Thanksgiving tradition is always to put the Hanukkah bush up oh, then. So that gets then. taken care of. The procrastination comes in with the gift giving. I mean, the secret Santa that I have to buy a gift for. And then also Hanukkah presents I got to get for, for Lonnie. I got to get for her husband. I got to get for my parents. I've got to get for my cousin Robbie. My m- cousin Robbie. My, uh, my niece Robbie. And then I've also got to get for my two cousins. Also, I think I've got my two cousins covered because they are the ones that like reap the benefits of, of what we do whenever we get like I bring toys. Oh, yeah, I bring yeah. them so much stuff and I happen to have just done a Star Wars junket. So I yes, have so the ultimate goodie bag for them. But for for Robbie's first first uh, Christmas and Hanukkah season, like, I don't know. Kylo Ren. I want to get her. I want to get her something special. I don't no, to I get, get her. I got to like do some serious brainstorming here. Well, this is a horror show so to segue into the horror aspect eventually this is my first holiday (laughs) in or sorry not my first holiday it's my first time being in LA and having to travel back home to New York City to visit my family for the holidays and holy crap I have been tracking flights since August and they have not dropped below 645 I think there's 
no way. That, no. There's no way getting around the holiday fees. And also, as, as someone who goes back and forth to the East Coast often, yeah. I mean, it's such a distinct, you know, uh, you can really notice the difference between a holiday crowd at the airport and just any other time of year. It's nuts. I found flights as cheap as like 240 round trip, <laughs> like LA to New York. And again, I've been watching this forever. So, like, that is my Christmas horror story. I my am- Christmas horror story is guess what, family? You don't get presents this year because I am poor. Well, well I mean, you are buying a I flight the- to come home. I am and the visit, gift that and you're going to cook wonderful brunch I, food. But I have a I have a flying question for uh-huh, you. What's go. the most effed up movie you've ever watched on a plane? Like where a child could be sitting behind you and could watch it. Um, that's a good question. I don't really watch screeners on planes, which is the thing. So I'm not like watching one of my crazy fantastic yeah. fest movies like, oh, on a okay, plane. Okay. But even thinking of that, like, oh no, I've done that before. Here's so here's <laughs> what I'll say. Actually, I'm thinking about it right now. I don't watch things on flights. I li- I put my headphones on. And I write. I get so much work done on okay. flights where I can bang out, like, especially five and a half hours uh, L.A. to New York. I'll probably get an entire feature done plus a review. I used to do that when I first started, when I first moved out yeah. here, where I used to clean out my inbox and write a bunch of things. Yep. But I feel like the more I fly, the lazier I get with taking out my oh, laptop. No. I'd rather just have, like, a couple things I have to watch on my iPad and do work that way. So I'm disconnected in the, in the air. When I'm doing my day job and writing at the same time, I have like a million things going on in my head. I have to answer emails for my day job. Yeah. I have to write uh, on this monitor and like, it's crazy. It's like anxiety. It's it's insane. I don't know why I do it to myself and I do it because I love it. But so when I'm in the air and I don't have Wi-Fi, I don't buy Wi-Fi or anything okay. like that. I stay completely disconnected. No one can bother me. And I could sit there and actually focus on writing and it that's, feels so good. That's the other good thing about laziness is that. I won't spend the money on Wi-Fi because I'm too lazy to, like, get my backpack yeah, out. Yeah, I don't want to get my credit well, card out and just be, like, punching numbers it, in. usually I fly JetBlue, and JetBlue is wonderful because it's free Wi-Fi. But any other airline, and also JetBlue is more leg room for real than any other airline. Any other airline, in order to, like, bend over and get your bag out from under the seat in front of you, it's freaking hard. Yeah, I know. So as I just someone, don't buy Wi-Fi. As someone who frequently flies Spirit <laughs> in Southwest, I love God. Southwest, but holy crap, yeah. Spirit. I didn't even have a tray table last time, so, like, I have my, like, laptop in my lap, just like this, just, like, trying to get work done. <laughs> Not the things we do to save money, Seriously. but... Uh, the re- part of the reason why I asked you that question about watching inappropriate things on flights is because I had that feeling with the movie on your shirt right now. What? What's inappropriate And in the this? apocalypse. So a I, horror zombie comedy musical. What, I finally, finally watched it because I was flying back from the Jumanji the Next Level yep. junket in Mexico and I was scrolling through and I, I was lazy, didn't feel like taking out my laptop and that was one of the first movies on the in-flight entertainment menu and Also probably because you saw happens. my quote on the poster and you're like, oh, that's right, Matt. Do you have that poster in your apartment? Of course I do. Course it's hanging do, right yeah. dead what's, center. What's the quote on that one? So, so wait, wait, wait. Let, like me, the- let me preface this. Don't even say it yet. So in case you don't know, this right here is the horror movie pull quote God. When you hear his when Don't you hear like, when you hear God. a Matt Donato pull quote, you know it could not have come from any other writer than this guy right here. So wait, what's the Adam the Apocalypse one first? No, this one was simple. It was just the feel good uh, Christmas movie Oi, of the year. I'm disappointed. I know. I, I had so much better stuff in there. My favorite one of all time oh, God, is Go. <laughs> from the movie Late Phases, a werewolf movie. A howling good time. So here's here's <laughs> what I'll let the viewers into uh, on this, my writing process. Most of my quotes are I write when I'm drunk. Yes, you do. So, like, in I'll the just, middle of the night. It'll be the middle of the night at a festival, and I'll watch something like Late Phases, a werewolf movie, and I'll go, hey, you know, it's a really dumb joke <laughs> if I call it a howling good time. And then that's what gets pull quoted. And so it's just a lesson to myself that the things I laugh at going like, that's a funny joke. This, this could never do anything or go anywhere. Dead center right on the poster. I'm like, oh, it's my name, too. Do you too. have this another is one? Is there another one that, oh, like, is so your many. favorite? Um, Tragedy Girls. All I did, they say the word so fetch in the yeah, movie. Yeah. So I was writing my little synopsis. Just I do a little quick paragraph of, like, telling people what the movie's about and stuff like that in my reviews. So <laughs> I write the word so fetch in it, and huh. I watch the trailer – so I've written a thousand words on this movie, you know, dissected it, loved it, gave it plenty of praise, and I'm watching the trailer, and all of a sudden, the only quote they pull for me <laughs> so is the word so fetch. And to this day, Tyler McIntyre, I've, uh, I've ran into him a few times at festivals, and we laugh every time because I was I like, that. I was literally looked at him, and I'm like, you pulled the, I, I can't believe what you did. And he looked at me, and he goes, 
That wasn't my choice. That's a, that's <laughs> he literally goes, he's like, though. that wasn't my choice. I do like that, though. It's kind of nice that it ties in. Uh, it ties in, but I like, mean, even though you probably very eloquently wrote about how good that movie, because that is a great movie, and I highly recommend Jill's watching that fantastic. one, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, so I had all these, like, again, that's why I laugh at it, going, I have so much better stuff you could have pulled, and this is what you pulled for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> the word's so fetched. So it goes. So next festival, I think I'm going put to it, put it on a tank top and just wear it around, just own it. You should you should start like hiding pull quotes in your thing in your your reviews just to see if they go for like that silly statement like I, I something mean, that my writing is just genuinely like wonder silly, if there's though. like a game you could play like a like a pull quote that makes no sense but like you know they would go for well, it. Well, I mean, there's the easy pull quotes. Let's be honest. There's calling something breakthrough or calling something the most X Y Z stuff like that. So and I, I mean, tend to try to stay away from that. Those stuff. are the uh, maybe those are the obvious terms, but that's not to say that within reviews they're unwarranted or like a cheap play. Like sometimes that is yeah. that's a very legit thing to write. And really, what it comes down to because pull quotes get a bad reputation. And I, I do understand that, you know, sometimes the same people are quoted for a particular reason. It's but the point is, the poll quote is fine as long as you justified that quote within the context of your full review. So you never know what word they can want. And I was going to say, also, don't write for poll quotes. I mean, that's the other thing. Well, yes, there are people out there writing to get poll quoted. And there are people like me who just write like idiots and have fun with it and want to say things like how in good time. And then that's what always gets pulled. So it's like I genuinely write my things at, from a place of love and a place of, like, entertainment for me. Like, I'm writing it. I want to write what I want to read as well, be entertained. And- that really is one of my favorite things about your reviews, though. I mean, like, you laugh when you say you write them in the middle of the night while you're drunk. But I don't know. You have such a specific voice that I can't find anywhere else. And it's like if I... And it's not always middle of the night and drunk. So, if like, I close my, my eyes and had somebody else out there read one sentence from one of your reviews, I bet you anything I would be able to say that's a Matt review. Because, like, I hear your stuff in your voice. No, I know. And, and, I mean, that's because you know me personally, yeah. too. But, I mean, that's what I've tried to drive with my writing. I mean, is my voice. That's the thing. It's I'm the only one who can do what I do. And there are so many other people writing about movies. So, it's like, it's true. that's my mindset. Like, I've found my voice and what works for me. And, yeah, I'm not trying to be anyone else. I'm I'm this disaster you see in front of you. You're a Donato bomb. <laughs> I'm Donato bomb. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some Christmas movie recommendations yeah. here. Christmas so horror movie Christmas horror movie. Yeah, yeah, specifically. Um, Let's go. All right. Do you have a list there? Were you working off that list? This is my entire ranking of all oh 100, 125 <gasps> Christmas horror movies I have seen. Oh, my God. This wait, is, wait. Can we just work off, off your list? Don't, yeah. t- don't talk about the movie that you recommended to me first. So, sure. So all right, wait, wait. Let's, just, let's just tee that up. So what we're going to do right now is we'll go through, yeah. we'll go through uh, your list. But We're going to go one by one, all 125. Not, not all of them. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about some of them. But one of, the, one of the starting off points for this topic today was I messaged you and I said, give me one Christmas horror movie yep. that's super random that I probably haven't watched and I'm going to watch it and we'll review it together on this episode of The Witching Hour. What movie was that? That was Deadly Games. Yes. Also known as, hold on, there's like three different Dial titles. Code Santa. Three, right? Three, six, one, five, Code Pierre Noel, Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus, Game Over, Hide and Freak, and others. All these are others. All- like, oh, like, like other, in addition yeah, yeah, to, in addition. Like, all, I mean, they, they do all work. Um, so just so everyone knows at home, I won't go into the movie, but this movie, Deadly Games, is a movie from the 80s. It is basically, or it not is, it was buried for a long time. It never got a release stateside Okay, I take it back. Let's, so. let's talk about the movie now, because okay. I do have questions. Why, why, why was it buried? Why is now, is now the first time we're seeing it because the Shudder U- got States. the streaming rights? Yes, okay. Yes. Why is this the first time we're seeing it in the United States? You tell me. Distribution, oh, really? Anything okay. like that. It just, it got Blu-ray uh, releases in Germany, I believe. Um, it was released in France. But it just never went anywhere else. Just I was wondering if there was maybe like a controversial reason or something that was like a no-no in the United nope, States. But I I didn't see anything like that. Not and, at all. And I feel like I feel like the horror crowd in the states is is like arms wide open when it comes to holiday horror. But like we need we more have to of think it. This was eighty nine too. I think times were a lot different then. See, okay, times were probably a lot different then. But I think that. Let's say nowadays, modern time, let's say Home Alone comes out. Home right. Alone is a big, big hit at the box office. Some studio out there or maybe a streaming service like Shudder takes that as like, we got to get our hands on this Home Alone horror movie. So this and then came they make out a lot before of money. Home Alone. Yes, it did. A year before Home Alone. It did to everyone at home. Deadly Games is often described as Home Alone meets Rambo with a killer kid. 
versus a mall, a deranged mall Santa. So that is the setup to it. So that's why we bring up huh. Home Alone sometimes because everyone makes those comparisons going like, oh, wow, you know, it apes off Home Alone and it pulls from there. But no, it did it first. It is Home Alone meets Rambo. It is, but <laughs> it did it first as well. So that's the funny aspect of it too. Um, these descriptors that come of it, half the time they come from people that don't even I mean, know it, that this came first. It really is Home Alone. It's Home Alone to a T. <laughs> it's Home Alone to a T with a kid whose family or whose mother works for a giant department store in France and he is just covered with toys and he has everything he could want and then deranged Santa comes home and it's a hide and seek game. This is hands down one of the coolest kid characters I've seen oh, in a really long time and I I should probably look up the uh, the name of the actor, but so the actor's <laughs> you got it. I was like, you've got so it all handy. The actor's name uh, that the kid's little name. Good was, luck pronoun- pronouncing I it. Was if gonna say, I don't know. Wait, where? Oh, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Thomas. Elaine Lalonde. I, I'm gonna go with that. Credit is Alan, uh, Elaine Musi. That's kind of where it goes. You've probably never heard of anything from him because he didn't do anything really after. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I was one, I was just about to go look that up. So it's it's very difficult to very quickly Google this movie and yeah. have something come he up because of all the titles. I, uh, a Wikipedia page. That's crazy. Nothing, he, nothing to link to. Because I mean, I'm I'm dead serious when I say this. You watch a movie like this, and even though it's like a fun horror movie, mm-hmm. this role requires so much range from this young kid. And I don't know. I I watch it, and he came across like a total natural to me like he probably has limitless potential so i don't know unless unless the kid decided that he wanted to pursue a different career path it would be very unfortunate if a talent like this slipped through someone's fingers just because maybe this movie didn't get wide enough distribution and i mean he is the main character for a large he is the main character number one number two he is on screen by himself for so much yeah either he's acting alongside his dog or a grandfather who doesn't really have that much to do besides be like protected or the psycho santa hunting him so this psycho, kid, who, who played the psycho santa that would be patrick florisham he's, he's quite good too oh because broken down this the santa yep. i thought he did a lot with a role that doesn't come with all that much dialogue and there's there's something about just like the intensity on his face when they let the camera just sit on him that it, well, because it really it creeped me so out he's deranged and i mean they might be playing to the fact that he has a mental illness or something of this nature. Again, it was earlier times, so that's how they played these stories. But he's a character who believes he's playing a game of hide-and-seek. Yeah. I love the opening quote. The opening quote basically says, in a matter of words, all children believe in magic and stop when they grow up except those who have been disappointed by life. And that's the whole impetus for this movie. It's about this Santa character who was a mall Santa, or you know, he was for a hot second, but he just wants to have fun again. He, he doesn't understand why he can't have fun like a child. So his desire to do this is what brings him to the house of a little boy who also doesn't want to give up. And he still has that whimsy within him. And it's he, the clashing it's such a cool of... such kid, yeah. too. Like, when you, when you bring up that, I, I feel like you don't see very many kid characters who aren't, you know, only the outcast in school or only, yeah. like, the super cool kid. He is... Both he's like a little of everything and he's like he's so smart and he has heart and he's he isn't a af- Rambo. he isn't afraid to cry it's like some of the moments that i appreciated them like i loved watching this kid kid run around and be badass and outsmart the killer but the moments where he's like screaming for his mom it it just you know it would break my heart well it's- not only is he screaming mommy but he's standing on his rooftop of a freaking castle that he lives in essentially and he's as high up as he can be yeah he has nothing keeping him safe and he knows if he goes back inside the window the santa will get him so he has no option and it's just that gutting moment it's of a like, very well constructed movie oh, and even so much even story-wise so, story so this guy right here watched me watch the very end oh, of yeah. the movie and i mean like i had a very vocal reaction to a lot of it and i think a lot of that came from the fact that there's some very well placed callbacks they kind of like plant the seeds at the beginning for certain things that when you realize it in the end and see what's happening and figure it out it's like you you have no choice but to go like what like you're like no, that was genius no. how did they pull that off exactly I, it's very impressive but it also it doesn't ever get too heavy into the it's a dangerous movie, like in the sense that there is always tension and alarm, but it's also kind of heartwarming in the way they yeah. play a lot of things. And this is like, they don't have to murder a bunch of characters. The Santa is literally just playing hide and seek. So he's not out here slashing throats and doing things of that nature, except for 
We won't say. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep those spoilers spoilers. in our back pockets. But no, it's largely just a hide-and-seek game. And the fact that they can pull that off without ever having to I can't believe I've seen two good hide-and-seek movies this year. Ready or not, Deadly Games. What a a good pairing, actually. Maybe someone should go out there and do a double feature. But so, I mean, just to talk about really quickly um, why it was named possibly 3615 Code Pierre Noel when it originally came out. So those of you know, like... It's 89 technology, so this is before the World Wide Web and stuff of that nature. But there was a system called the Mintel, which was a video text online service that you could access through telephone wires. And that is what brings the Santa to this house. The boy, who is the main character of the film, is on the Mintel on, in his home. And he has like, a, like an Apple computer, it looks like, basically. So he logs on to be like, hi, Santa. And that's the code. The code Pierre Noel is literally talking to Santa. You didn't have to send a letter in those days. It was still at the time. <laughs> you know, letters were bygone even then in the 89. But so he logs on, and he gets he doesn't know who's on the other side. It could be anyone. It's an internet tech system. And it's this Santa who's just been <laughs> fired for hitting a little girl. <laughs> just because this is how crazy he is. He believes he wants to be Santa so badly that he's at a mall party, basically, and it's like the grand opening kind of thing. It's not a grand opening. It's one of those festive things for the, the holidays. And a little girl sits in his lap and basically says, you're not Santa, and pulls his beard off, and he just hits her. He just straight up, boom, right to the side of the head. And it's like, oh, right, this is the 80s again, right? You, you can do this because that's apparently oh, a... No. But So he gets fired, and that's where all this happens. He's like, how am I going to have my Christmas fun now? Oh, a little boy wants to play hide-and-seek. Great. And that's when he goes to the house, and that's when shit, yeah. things get weird. Yeah, I mean, one one shit on this show is one shit. All right, cool. I it's fine. That. We're that's, all okay, right? Sorry, we're fine. I dropped two. Um, but yeah, I just like one of the images that I can't get out of my head from this movie is when he gets the the spray can and he sprays his hair white. I mean, there's just there's some very smart. You know, filmmaking, directing choices that I think you could see in this movie where they just let the cameras sit on him doing that. And for a while. And it's extremely effective. And he doesn't have to say much, too. That's the thing. Again, as you alluded to before, this is a role that doesn't take much besides cackling, looking like crazy into the camera, crazy eyes for days. And like you just said, little things like that where... He's not doing anything fake, like, or dyeing his beard. He's just grabbing white spray paint and being like, I'm Santa now. So now, usually when I bring something like this up, it's something that I don't want to happen. But Mm. now that it's so many years since the release of this, and, you know, Shudder has swooped in and semi-saved the day. But this movie isn't getting in front of enough eyes right now. What would you say if a studio picked up the rights and remade it? I mean... Yeah, like, that would be great in the sense of... Especially because we're all so into nostalgia, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone remade Home Alone soon enough, but this seems like a more creative approach to trying to remake Home Alone, but making it something different. I want to say no to it because of my initial... Yeah. Just watch the original, but I totally get that. Because, number one, it's, it's outdated filmmaking in a way, and some people might be turned off by that, although I think it's brilliant, so don't worry about that. But it is also, I agree with you. If you remake this, all of a sudden everyone starts going, what? this is a remake of something? Yeah, what the heck? Like, what's the first title? Maybe people will finally watch this one. Because Shudder's still, you know, you still have to have a Shudder subscription. And that's the thing. It's not on Amazon Prime. It's not on anything else. You have to be a Shudder user to watch this. And as much as, like, all of my friends have it and, like, all the horror community has it. You can't, it can still you even reach. buy it anywhere? I mean, so other than, to, like, a DVD on Amazon or something well, like that. You can't buy a U.S version you have to import from german or something else because huh. again all my friends like rob hunter who you know yeah yeah he oh he has a region free blu-ray player and he's had this for like two years gotcha. but he's had the german version and that's the only one that was okay. available and i think it's the only one that's still available so you might be able to look online and find it but yeah you can't find this unless you're on shutter and i think to your point yeah why not yeah go, go forward and make a remake of this and get this on people's minds at least i can't recommend this movie for the holiday enough. I I do kind of wish we made a little event out of it and like had a couple oh, beers and a couple people over well, and just my first watch watched it with a group. Really? They, oh showed, they did a retro of this at Fantastic. And that That's was the so first cool. time it was showed. Someone should should like ping Alamo Draft House and Alamo's they been showing should do it. really I saw it in the Alamo Okay, after good. That. I'm glad, <laughs> I love, I'm glad I love to how hear you're that. like already processing yeah. this, but like yeah, so I saw I'm it like two mounting years ago. a campaign that people are already working on. Well that's what got it at Shutter, honestly. I mean and think about it this way i know that other people approached um 
sorry, I'm, I'm blank on the director's name, uh, Rene Menzor, because he was there at oh, really? Fe- Fantastic Fest. So it was a whole thing where it was like Fantastic Fest does these retro screenings and they work a lot with different distributors to get films that we haven't seen yet. Or like they dredged up like a Tammy and the T-Rex this year, the, the gore cut version. So they're going to show you something that's weird out there and you haven't seen before, even though it's a retro. So I walked into this. Rene was there. And I knew multiple distributors that went with me, like people that were working for distribution companies. And mm-hmm. Immediately, they beeline to him after oh, the yeah. screening. But they still, what, what year is it? It's 2019. Yeah. That took two years just to get it on Shutter for this Christmas. Like That's crazy. I, international distribution rights, you can never predict what what's going to happen. Fascinating process. So, well, yeah. So, that got us here. So, I can't recommend this movie enough, but I can't recommend a Shutter subscription enough. I know we're just talking about one movie, and it's hard to sell you on a subscription with one right. with one product. But if you are not already a Shutter subscriber, there is so much that I don't understand why any horror lover yeah. that that you know can afford it. I know all this stuff costs a lot of money, but if you can and you're just like if you're just like thinking about what subscription services deserve your hard-earned dollars, Shudder is up there for any horror fan. They have such great it's I was talking about Channel Zero again the yep. other day and they've got all four seasons and just an endless list of stuff that will bring so much horror joy to your life year round. The curation is the solid so most good. solid a horror fan could ask for because not only do you bring the indie darlings that might not have gotten the attention they would have if they went to a bigger distribution company, but then buried on VOD. Shudder knows what to pick up. Shudder knows what they're doing, and they're putting together a collection that's old, new, modern, all, like all that stuff. The folks there are just so thoughtful yeah. about their curation. They like they don't just like grab films to grab them and build up their library. They're they're grabbing so much stuff that's so worth your time, and things in so many different subgenres within horror from all different years and eras. It's it's just such a well-curated library. I, mean, I look, love it. Look at the people behind it. You got people like yeah. Sam Zimmerman. We know him because he was writing for, <laughs> for how For the long? record, this episode is not sponsored by Shudder. This is all coming from this a place of pure by passion. This is my love of Christmas horror. <laughs> I, I, really, I really do love the service, though. So we highly recommend Deadly Games. Check it out, and when you do check it out, tweet at both of us and, like, like, join the party. Let us know what you think of yeah, the Yeah, let us know when you're watching it. And, at like, I'll Pete just Nemeroff crack some beers. And at Donato. Yeah, I'll crack at some Donato beers and do a little live tweet with you guys. How about uh, that? We should yep. do that. <laughs> we, we do have a couple weekends that. before Christmas. Maybe we should, like, I'm happy to make a night out of a it. movie night and actually do All a right. drinking Deadly Games. Because that was my third watch. I watched it ten more times. Okay, I'm down. Let's make that happen. Down. Let's talk about your list, though, now. So you talk, if yeah, you if you don't have Shudder, all good. We have some other options for you right now. And there's nobody I trust with a holiday horror list more than this guy right here. Absolutely not. Number So number one, this list is on Slash Film uh, as of now. I wrote it. Two, okay. So two years ago, I posted it, and it was about 110 at that point. Wow. So since then, I've watched a bunch more. And I think I'm updating it this year. We'll see if it posts, because I updated it last year, and it never went up. I just can't believe that many, like... Exist. You have no what because there's so many easy ways to do it. And while I say there's 125 on this list, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe like 35 are good. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like there are, I think seven different Krampus movies where you just get these random things like Mother Krampus, Krampus Origins, Krampus the Reckoning, oy, Krampus oy. the Christmas Devil, and I promise you, most of them are not worth your time. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. So you're getting a lot of low budget Christmas horror because you have the seasonal appeal. You have the ability to drive viewership because it's a gimmick. Easy sell. Easy sell. I mean, again, I'm a Christmas horror guy, so easy sell. But that means there's a lot of bad Is Saint ones. on your list? Saint is The one from, from Tribeca. I remember that one. Uh, wait, a- Saint or Sint? Sint. So, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So Dick Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick Moss created a freaking there's Christmas still, horror movie. There's still a couple of like uh, visuals from that movie that are uh, seared in my brain. The So you have the old school Santa Claus on top of the uh, rooftop on his horse and you just get the moonlight behind him and he's just yeah. holding that scepter. Yeah. Crazy, crazy killer Santa movie. <laughs> and also Dick Moss is just a great director himself. So it's a well-made Christmas horror story yeah. that blends elements of fantasy, slasher, all these things. You get the crazy little elves that accompany it. Like, I haven't rewatched that movie in forever and you're reminding it me like, that I need you know, to. Iffy PC-wise <laughs> if that's your thing because well. it's, it's a European horror movie yeah, yeah. and take a little few more liberties. But... Uh, Saint is one I don't love, but um, everyone else recommends. I also have a Christmas horror podcast that I host with some friends, and they Why adore. Why did I not know that? Yeah, I, it's Rob Hunter and a few other people. Okay, but and they adore Saint, like Saint yeah, slash yeah. Sint, however you pronounce it. 
Uh, also, don't watch the overdub if you do watch it. I believe. Oh. So Sint is on. Hulu. Never watch dub. So Sint is on Hulu. I watched it when it came out, and the only ver- this is a few like years and years back, and the only version I could find then was overdub. So I didn't like it as much as you know, my friends who now watched it on Hulu. You know what I remember, I think? I, and correct me if I'm wrong, no. if it's this movie or a different movie. I feel like at Tribeca, I saw a subtitled horror movie with snow on the ground where the subtitles were in white. And I couldn't read a lot of them. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm dead serious. Holiday horror for Tribeca. I mean, Scent makes sense. Could it have been Rare Exports? Or could, I don't I'm know. Think. I think it might have. I think it might have been this one. I think it's. I, I bet you it was this one because that's not their niche. I mean, okay. They, they don't program things. I like really that a do lot. think it might have. So been I think this. it was this one. But yeah. So for those of you want, wanting that one, look your. Uh, I think it's Hulu. I think it's available okay. on Hulu. But yeah, I like Sint. All right. I, I like it one enough. Right there. Everyone else loves it. But yeah. So how do you want to do this? Like, I don't. What you, yeah. What What are your first? Favorites? First, like, let's do. What are your top five? Top five. As of now, it always gets a little dodgy. Yeah. Uh, but Gremlins. Yep. Black Christmas. Yep. Inside, not the remake, the huh. original. That is very much a Christmas yes, horror is. movie. Uh, I, I include Nightmare Before Christmas. Because it's a, it's a Christmas and a horror movie. Exactly. And so here's where I get a little dicey. Because I have <laughs> I Krampus, see what you're going for. Krampus, Anna and the Apocalypse, and Deadly Games Ooh. as five, six, seven. But to me, any one of those could be five. Yeah. You can throw any one of those in there, like any day. I, I wish, really liked Krampus. I wish, Krampus is great. I wish that got more love than it did. The fairy tale elements work so well. That's yeah. what works for me. It's not an outright horror film, but you also get the, the greed of Christmas that comes from presents and things of that nature. Dewey does a really good job bringing the family aspects yeah. into it, the dysfunctional family parts of it. Plus also killer ninja bread. Uh, oh, sorry, no. Ninja Bread, which is a great bread. word, number one. Sorry. Killer Gingerbread Ninjas. I, I died. That's uh, my Twitter uh, I dug, image. I dug I those. Um, I, really, I really enjoyed a lot of the creature work. The only thing that yes. I wanted more of in Krampus is, like, Krampus's 12, uh, oh. the 12 guys around him. Yeah. Yes. I just remember covering that heavily as we got into the release, and then it was such a small part of the movie that I was like a little disappointed. I in was that. a little disappointed by Krampus as well because, like, the actual physical Krampus. Yeah, it was just a mask. There was nothing animatronic about it. There was nothing moving. So it was this weird vibe of. I understand you don't have the biggest budget for it, but the Krampus is supposed to be terrifying. Yeah, his face never moves, and mm. you can tell it's a rubber face. And even when it's talking to the kid and, like, doing its whole demonic thing. Another image that I remember very vividly. But I kind of am watching it going, like, all right, his face isn't moving, though, and you can clearly tell it's... Like, that was the one thing. I don't quite remember that, but now that you brought it up, I'm going to rewatch it, and I'm probably going to think about it. And only see that. I'm glad we have a lot of Krampus movies. Are there any Grilla movies on that list? What? <gasps> Has Erlinger never told you about Grilla? No. That's the Icelandic Christmas legend or evil legend over there. It's about like a an old lady with a cat who comes down from the mountains and like no. takes what? takes children and and brings them back and cooks them and eats them. So I guess that- So they they did a Grilla ep- they did a little Grilla thing on uh the Sabrina Netflix show. Oh, yes, but, they did. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that yep. That character, that entity, needs a full right, movie. I am. I'm looking at everything right now, and I don't have anything that does that outright. I'm trying to even, like, maybe Mother Krampus, but even like, it's not good. Don't worry about that. Erlinger always tells me about, like, the cool Icelandic legends. It's like I've told you about it's the, so the hidden better. people there yeah, before. Yeah. Why didn't we grow up there? <laughs> it's so funny because everything here was, like, child friendly and you want to make it happy and yeah. nice where over in Iceland or all the European countries they're like no death's a part of life so this is going to be part of your folklore which I kind of dig I like the darkness there I, I like do that I do stuff. too I mean you know again we've repeated this on this time on this show time and time again I am not one to look to if you need a recommendation for what's appropriate for a young moviegoer yeah. but I don't know when I was a kid growing up that's the kind of stuff that I would gravitate towards so how do you, I, I want to highlight a few more titles. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to do here? How do you want me to do it? Because I think you should just highlight the ones that you're most passionate about. The ones that I you mean, would you would truly recommend somebody watch okay. for the holidays. So let me try to do some double bills for you Wait, all. Do and, I see Prometheus? Yeah, there's a Christmas tree in that. Oh, God. <laughs> that one I had fun with. I put that. I feel like I might have just insulted Angie Han, even though she's not going to watch this. So here's what I'll say. You can watch on Shutter right now as well. Better Watch Out or oh. Silent, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. I've been meaning to watch Better Watch Out. I missed oh, that Oh, Better one. Watch Out. Yeah. Go in. Who's no in one... that again? Uh, there's, there's like two familiar names the in it. two kids from The Visit. 
Olivia DeJong. That's and what it is. Yeah. It's so well acted okay. from the kid's perspective. Also something you want to know nothing going into. I'm okay. not even going to talk about it here because cool. if you haven't seen Better Watch Out, go into it knowing it's a babysitter scenario and that's it. And I'm give in. it a try. So that's a good one. I believe The Children is available on Amazon Prime. Okay. I think. Check for a movie called The Children. It is the bleakest kids' heart. Like, kids turning evil horror movie. Did that vicious. have a different name at a point? Or does that have multiple titles? I don't believe so. It was okay. one of those after dark. Like, you know when yeah. they did the DVD releases of like eight after dark films from Ghost House Pictures or stuff How like that? How old is that movie? Uh, 2008, 2009. I feel, like, I feel like I saw that when it came so, out. That's nasty. That's All a right. nasty one. And the kids that are like toddlers turning evil. Yeah. Oh, it's it. My, my friend Rob Hunter, he, lo- he loves child endangerment. And I can tell you. I mean, it's sounding like here. something that I wouldn't have forgotten if I had seen it. So maybe I just like covered it leading up to the release yeah. and never watched it. Um, again, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, I have a soft spot what's, for. You know what I'm thinking of? What's what's the other foreign film about, like, the cooties premise where kids turn into zombies? Well, there's, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on, could you kill a child? No, that's not what I'm, that's th- old I'm thinking school. of. It's almost like they're on a secluded island, like a vacation spot. I'm blanking on it right, All right. now. There's I'm going to figure, I'm gonna figure, figure out. that out. Um, okay, so Silent Night, Deadly yes, Night yes. Part 2. Just hilarious. It's ridiculous. It's a movie, or sorry, it's a sequel to Silent Night, Deadly Night that plays back, I'd say, 50 to 60% of Silent Night, Deadly Night. So basically they, they have this character in a mental institution kind of thing, and he's being interrogated, and he just keeps recalling Silent Night, Deadly Night, and he just keep, they keep playing back parts of the first movie, which is hilarious to me. But then it gets some of the craziest kills in the Garbage Day quote. I mean, everyone knows it, it's Garbage Day. So I, I put that one out there. Underrated is a Christmas horror story. Okay. It's, called, it's an anthology. and I'm down for anthologies. I think we need more in that with format. William Shatner as the quote-unquote like wraparound storyteller who's like a, a radio DJ. So I'm going to give that one a bump because I, I like anthology horror too. And I think that's okay. the best one we have in the Christmas uh, realm. Two ones that you could do back-to-back that would be really fun. And I, I believe... This one's on Hulu as well. You can start with I Trap the Devil, yeah, which was this year, uh, directed by Josh Lobo. A fun little Twilight Zone riff, where which is actually very funny because there's a Twilight Zone episode eerily like I Trap the Devil, but it's not a thing of like stealing ideas or stuff like that. I Trap the Devil is a great, um, he expands on it in mm-hmm. such a great way and does it with such Christmas vibrancy. I'm in it for the slow burn there, and then follow that up with a movie called Dead End, starring Ray Wise and Lynn Shea. That I believe oh, is I'm Amazon aware of that one. It is a twisted little, it's just a family driving to grandma's for dinner and they get caught in a time loop on a highway. <gasps> and they time can't, loops. Time hey. loops. And yeah, so they can't get out of it. So they keep. There's been so yeah. many time loop movies this year. Well, this one's like years and years. And ago, shows. But yeah. but yeah, so I, that's a fun one to do back to back. Man, I could go, like, here's the issue. I could are go they, all day. Are they this. creative with the time loop scenario? That one they are, yes. Okay. There is this a recurring character who ties into it. There's also a black car that keeps coming and taking people away. Now I'm picturing uh, Nosferatu. You know? It's not very Nosferatu, but okay. I'm getting it. I, I get what you're oh, saying. Oh, no, no. I mean like the TV show. Oh, oh. The, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. Not, not, not the vampire. Nosfer 4 to yeah, 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 yeah. With the numbers. Yeah, and just like because that. of uh, uh, Charlie Manx's car. Yes. coming. I mean, that's actually, that's probably, if you want to go to the, the series route, that could be a good one. And also, sure. uh, one of my favorite episodes of American Horror Story of all time is the Ian McShane episode from uh, season two, Asylum. That's great. Yeah, no, I'll give you that one. That's a good one. That is yeah. a good one. It's. I could just get, and like, then there's slashers. You've got Silent Night, the remake of Silent Night, yeah. Deadly Night, directed by, uh, the remake directed by Stephen C. Miller. I like it a lot. I think it's that, it was 2012 when it came out, mm-hmm. and we haven't really had a slasher resurgence uh, over the last decade or anything. No. There, here and there, you have your screams and stuff like that, but Silent Night's mean. It's a mean street kind of slasher movie that makes a lot of dumb jokes, kills people in vicious holiday ways, and it's that last kind of slasher that we have kills, of that ilk. I feel like that's a quote for something. Kills kills victims in like what what did you say vicious 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 holiday ways 100 percent. but i really like silent night for that you haven't seen black christmas yet right the new one no i go next week okay okay don't say anything um i know i haven't seen it oh you haven't seen it it. um next wednesday is the it wasn't this week 
I feel like no. I got an invite and I was really sad that I couldn't go because um, I promise you it's next I'm, week. So like we're recording this depending on when you're listening to it. Uh, we're recording it Thursday morning oh, and funny. Thursday evening or Thursday afternoon. I'm taking off with uh, one of our editors, Remsen, and we're we're going on a on an Ad Astra related Fun. trip. So we're gonna have some cool videos. But I, I felt like there was a screening that I was missing because of this trip. It's, Maybe it so wasn't that one. This one for me, at least for me, it's next week. I'm excited to see it. Like I, I'm ready for it. I'm rooting for it. I I really like the idea that they brought in Sophia Takal to yeah. direct that. I think she's got a whole lot of potential behind the lens, and you know she acts as well. So I really do believe in how she could work yeah. with a cast like that, which of course includes uh, Imogen Poots, who can do who no wrong awesome. in my eyes. So green room I and all that stuff. They, they've got something there. They've got something. I think it's just because of you know maybe I'm just making unfair assumptions because of the time of year it's hitting theaters. So how do you feel? I mean, this is not a Granted, it's a Christmas of, well, movie, but yeah, it's a Christmas movie. But like, and this, is, I'm not saying I even have a problem with it, but do you, how do you feel about the whole rating switch? Because this oh, one, the PG-13 it was thing? an R-rated script. I don't know that was filmed, shown to audiences, and then decided, wait, what was what we have here is so something that should be PG-13. What was the res- what was the response? Were audiences put off by the R-rated the material? Was they want so? I, I think the funny thing to me is just look at the first poster that came out and look at the poster that's out right now. The first right, poster right is one of these brilliant, it's just a black, dark black background, and you have a candy cane that's dripping blood. And I love that image because it's, you know, it's selling something that's the, I'm sorry, so that, the candy cane one that was, was the, the first. That was the very first one. And then this is the next one, the group shot? Yeah. Not only that, so there's been even more than that. So what they've done then is they now one? do this, like, girl gang group shot that's entirely oh. in, like, bright pink lettering and stuff like that, which... This is a movie now being marketed to the female audience, and that's great because that's mm. – number one, it's a market that I think should definitely be sold to. I feel like horror movies so many times are sold to just the male gaze and stuff like that nature. So I think it's brilliant that they decided this is a movie that we want to sell to the female experience. We want to get more female horror fans like excited and into it. And I'm not saying they don't exist. Obviously, you exist. You're a female <laughs> horror fan. But again, look at marketing. I mean, yeah. it, 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 marketing's a thing. So. It's just such a stark contrast. I can't really speak to it too much just because I haven't followed the marketing of this okay. one. I didn't I didn't need the marketing. I wanted to see it no matter what the marketing was like, but you know, obviously the the PG-13 R scenario raises some red flags, especially if it was the intentions of the original of the filmmakers with their original drafts to make it an R-rated release, but right. you know, that's the point of you know, uh, reworking your stuff, whether it's in the script phase, in production, in post-production, through test screenings, you know, you get feedback and sometimes you realize it's better suited for something else. If that's the decision that the folks in charge made, I I hope it was the right one that was agreed upon by everybody who is affiliated with the film. But I don't know, who knows? Maybe this movie will come out. It'll it'll make enough waves that everyone will demand the R-rated cut eventually. I mean, maybe we'll get an unrated cut on Blu-ray eventually. And trust me, I was one of the first people that said, like, yo, everyone back off. Yeah. Like, a PG-13 versus R is not a signifier of quality. The film itself is a signifier of quality. A lot of the scariest movies were done in a PG-13 format. You can definitely create terror without having to show something. And, you know, sometimes, uh, who knows? Maybe it was more more a matter of, you know, know nudity or f-bombs or something like that that. i mean that 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 was one thing uh ryan johnson keeps talking about with uh knives out how the uh the chris evans eat shit line was fucked was fuck you and apparently that was what got would have gotten them the r rating and they took it out and made it eat shit he says it more than once yeah he says the word more than once and that's what gets you on it which is hilarious and meanwhile eat shit is one of my favorite lines in the movie they sent out shirts that say eat shit on it and it's my favorite thing no, I, and, and again, just like not to harp at home, but I, I'm happy of the way they're selling it at least, yeah. and I, I'm not worried about it at all. And to your point, like, yeah, some of the scariest movies are PG-13. I, that was my exact tweet. When this came out and everyone was like, uh, an R-rated slasher movie, it's going to be the worst thing ever. Um, PG-13 <laughs> movies, A Quiet Place, Happy Death Day, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Lights Out, Insidious, Escape Room, The Final Girls, all things that pull... You wouldn't even know they were PG thirteen. Final so Girls is PG thirteen. Yeah. Wow. I, like, there's another recommendation that has nothing to do with Christmas, but more people should watch the Final Girls. So we we need to get away from this thing that like horror movies are R rated yeah. if they're good. If they're PG thirteen, they're bad. Yeah. Not not real. Not no. a thing. We need to stop that. I I wouldn't mind that not being a thing. Um, I'm but very much rooting for Black Christmas though, and I'll probably hit you up for that screening Should information be. next week because I really yeah. want to see it. Um. Uh, 
we are winding down though. We're out of time because this guy here has to go over to his his real office. His, fired real, from my his real office job. Uh, thank you so much for filling in for thank Haley. You for me. You're the best. I know. Um, you guys. This was fun. I hope you enjoyed. I hope when you see some of these Christmas horror movies, you really do tweet at us because we want to know what you think about it. Matt, where can everybody find you and your work all over the interwebs? You can find me at Donato Bomb on Letterboxd, Instagram, and Twitter. I need to start a Letterboxd account. I mean, it's fine. You don't have to. I don't know. People enjoy it, and people it is. people are always asking me for it. Oh, yeah. If you're getting asked for it, then I don't definitely know. Do it. I feel like it's a good way to keep things organized, too. I keep like it keeps a diary format, so yeah. it's good by the day. But yeah, and then my writing. I mean, you can catch me. I got something coming up in the new Fangoria issue. I've got. I, um, what I, about? Are you allowed to say? Oh yeah, I'm doing uh, another kill ranking. So Sweet. every year for Fangoria, I do the um, best kills of the year. So I'm doing a little bit of that. I got some slash film stuff coming up on slash film. I just I, I still am promoting my top hundred horror movies of the decade. Yes, that's so a big list. Give that list a, a thought process. Can you can you tease one of your favorite kills from the year without spoiling the list? Just one. Year? I'm trying not to go with my number one because yeah, my yeah. One stay is away crazy. from your number one. Um, so there's a really good kill in a Shutter movie. And it's called The Furies. And oh, the, I heard about The Furies. The film itself is fine from a writing perspective. The practical effects are gnarly okay and there is gnarly that's such a like you thing to say a face gets like smushed with an axe and then removed like that and you see all of it i would put on the list don't make any faces in case it's your favorite but the one on my list would be from uh from brightburn the car crash and the the jaw stuff. Let's just say that makes an appearance. All right. I had a feeling that would have. That's, that's freaking <laughs> epic. Um, so do check out all of Matt's work. You can find me on Collider Stuffs and at PNMROF on Twitter and Instagram. Collider Stuffs. Thank you again for being here. Thank for you me. for watching and listening to this episode of The Witching Hour. That's it. We're done. You have officially survived The Witching Hour. Boom. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.